As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is Action and Ambition, the show that takes you all over the world to share interviews with the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their backstory, get the most important lessons they've learned on their road to success, and hear exclusive tips on how to implement their success in your own life. Action and Ambition is brought to you by Entrepreneur Magazine and your host, Andrew Metal. Dave, what's up? Thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, for those that don't know you, can you just give me a, a quick little uh, introduction of who you are and what you're about? Hey, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm Dave Mackley. I'm the uh, CEO and co-founder of AudioMac and DJ Booth. I founded DJ Booth as a music editorial and streaming site uh, when I was in college uh, and then later on founded AudioMac with uh, my, my co-founders, some of which are, are my friends and uh, former co-workers. Nice. And for those that don't know AudioMac, can you just give us a, a quick little uh, breakdown of, of, of what the company does? Yeah, absolutely. AudioMac is a mute, artist-first streaming platform. Uh, unlike other streaming platforms, we go directly to the artist. Um, while we do have relationships with, with major labels and minor labels, we, we're unique in that any artist across the world can sign up for an AudioMac account. Uh, we give them all of our tools for free, uh, and they can upload unlimited music and share that music with the world. Um, so we believe that, you know, regardless of whether or not you're an international superstar or you just created your first ever freestyle or you're just noodling on a guitar, you should have a place to distribute your music, uh, for free to the world. Nice. That's awesome. And, um, did you guys bootstrap? Where are you in the business? Uh, did you raise venture money? Like, uh, talk to me about, uh, the business model and the life cycle. Yeah, absolutely. I, I founded uh, my first company, DJ Booth, in college, and uh, it, it was just a way for me to talk about the music I was playing when, when I DJed, and, uh, and then it evolved into a, a place for uh, people to come and stream great new music. So it started out as really just like a music chart, but then we started writing about all the great new music that was coming out. This was before the age of Spotify and, 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 and other platforms. Um, so we actually we actually used flash to stream um that's how old i am and that's how old that site was um but when i graduated i got a job in the online advertising business at, at double click before before it was bought by google later on and uh you know i enjoyed that job i met a lot of people through that job uh, but i always had dj booth on the side and i always remembered that we were an early streaming music streaming company and i always wanted to go further on that but i didn't really have the development chops to do it so 
I, I hooked up with my, my co-founders, uh, you know, who are experts in marketing and design and, and technology. And we decided to build AudioMac and the idea was simple. We'll build a system that doesn't charge artists for the right to upload your, their music. And we will do that because we feel like if the artist is, is successful and they bring their fans to our site, then we're successful, right? So we should be giving them those tools for free so they could be more successful and, and become our evangelists. Um, all my co-founders and I had full-time jobs, uh, but we figured we'd do this nights and weekends. We'd build it, we'd launch it, we'd see how it go went. And um, <clears throat> we launched it in 2013. And, uh, you know, from there, it, it started to take off a bit, you know, faster than our expectations. Uh, we bootstrapped it. We, we put our own money in just to found the business, but it wasn't a lot of money. It was mostly sweat equity, you know, doing this nights and weekends. Um, but we built the business, you know, a dollar in 90 cents out. We didn't take funding, uh, for about four years. Um, and we, we grew the business to uh, a couple million dollars in revenue. And then at that point we realized that there were so many opportunities out there that we needed financing in order to take advantage of those opportunities. So at that point we did take, uh, some financing in late 2017. Nice. And where, where's the business uh, progressed since you raised that round and uh, have you taken additional funding on since then? And uh, what, what, what's uh, the past, I guess, four or three-ish years kind of been like for you guys? I mean, it was, it was, it, it was the right move for us. You know, I, I get a little worried when I see red numbers on our balance sheet, right? And I've always been that way. I've always been financially prudent um, and a bit conservative. Um, and that's how we built the business, right? We, we, you know, the first year we didn't make a lot of money, you know, but any money we did made, make, we, we put back into the, into the business. Um, that's how we ran it in year two and year three when I was trying to get my co-founders to quit their jobs and come work full time. Um, but I quickly realized that I was only able to place my bets in, in one area, you know, and, and that area had to pay off. Um, you know, when you take a bit of financing, you get a little more flexibility. Um, it's like if, I don't, I don't want to compare running a business to playing roulette, but you know, you get to put your, your, your chips on a few different numbers, right. And, and hope that you strike it. Uh, so we, we took financing and uh, as a result, uh, we were able to invest in a lot of different areas at once. We were able to grow the team. We went from wearing, you know, many different hats at the same time to wearing, you know, just a few hats, which is relieving. Uh, and uh, we, we, we nearly tripled the business in the, uh, in the first two years after that. So um, that was exciting. And uh, I think, I think it owe, we, we owe it to the hard work we did, but also because we were able to operate the business differently when we had a little cash in the bank to, to put, put around. Yeah, it seems like if you go the bootstrapping route initially, you, you can know how to, whatever money you do bring on it, you, you're so diligent with, how every dollar gets spent, you don't become reckless and you, you can probably turn, you know, $1 into five or 10 or whatever the multiple is. Um, yeah. I think is such a, such a benefit of at least bootstrapping initially so that you, you can operate in that state of mind because when that cash does come in, if you do decide to raise, it, mm -hmm. it really just helps to create that rocket fuel, you know? Yeah. I mean, we didn't look at the, the raise as like the victory. We looked at it as the opportunity and like we had to execute on that. Um, it, it's, it's tough to run a business 
when the business is growing rapidly and you kind of know where you need to go, but you need to manage your cash flow. So at that point, you know, we had to decide, do we take debt? Do we take outside equity? And, you know, we chose, we chose outside capital. Um, but, you know, whether it was debt or outside capital, I, I feel like we, or, um, or, or VC financing, I feel like, you know, the, the same holds true. It gave, it gave us more opportunities, but we didn't lose that sense of, uh, you know, fiscal conservatism that, that I think made us successful in the short term. Um, but we were able to take some, some, you know, some bigger bets, right? And we were able to have these audacious goals that we were able to uh, capitalize on. Right. And, and in a business like music where, I mean, let's face it, we're competing with some of the largest organizations in the world. Like if you could, if you could put together a list of companies you don't want to compete with, uh, I'm pretty sure those are the companies we compete with. You know, it's Google, it's Apple, it's Amazon, right? Like no one wants to compete with those guys. So I think we needed to make sure that we, we operated a bit smarter. Um, not smarter. I think those guys are smart. I'm not, I'm not going to claim to be a, a super genius here, you know, with, with a, a master plan. But I think we were able to find certain areas that they weren't looking into that we could, we can invest in. That I think built enterprise value for AudioMax. For sure. And um, so what's next for you guys? Um, what's, what's the, the vision look like? Where do you want to take the business? I'm assuming you, you convince your co-founders to, to quit their day jobs at this point of, of the company. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess they, you know, one, a couple of them still day trade, but <laughs> that's about it. Uh, they still, um, no, they quit their jobs. And, and, and that was exciting because, you know, we went from having very few resources internally to having a pretty solid team. And, and I think that really helped us. But it was tough because, you know, we had to take massive pay cuts. Like we, we are, we, we all had careers, right? So Yo, yo, my fellow ambitious listeners. You guys know that I love biohacking my own nutrition and love getting my hands on healthy nutrition plans that help my workouts, fitness life, and entrepreneurial world. My wife and I have been on the HelloFresh meal train and love it. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so we can enjoy cooking and gain dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. With 25 plus recipes to choose from each week, there's something for everyone in our family to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure amazing taste and simplicity. Their meals are so good, we've actually created, recreated some of their recipes. It's a total game changer for us, especially with our 11-month-old daughter. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 12Action and use 12Action for 12 free meals, including free shipping. That's H-E-L-L-O-F-R-E-S-H dot C-O-M slash 12 A-C-T-I-O-N and use code 12 action for 12 free meals, including free shipping. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. That's hellofresh.com slash 12 action and use code 12 action for 10 free meals, including free shipping. We didn't have the capital at that time to go and pay everybody anywhere near what we were making in our, in our day jobs. So it was a big risk for a lot of us to take that jump. Um, but we did it and, and it paid off. Uh, you know, I, I, I like to think that it definitely paid off for all of us. Um, so in terms of where we're going, um, we, we've seen pretty large growth in uh, Nigeria and Ghana this year. In 2020, Nigeria and Ghana were our two biggest, uh, fastest growing markets. 
And what we've realized is that, you know, there's, there's millions of people across the world that don't have a music streaming platform right now. And the best way to get those users onto a music streaming platform and abandon whatever they're using, whether it be piracy or, you know, just file sharing, which a lot of people use across the world is to use the artist to, as our evangelist. So, you know, this is a, this is a tactic that I think is unique to our structure and it'd be hard for other people to other companies that are more like a, a music store, a traditional music store to execute on. Um, because when an artist signs up for AudioMac, they, they see it as their profile. It's a bit between social media. It's a bit of a cross between social media and, and, and a DSP, uh, you know, a, a digital music store. Um, because the artist is control in control, right? So in, in the case of Nigeria and Ghana, we, we went down there and we got uh, a number of artists that were popular in the local market to uh, upload their music to AudioMac, to manage their profile. We gave them an audience in the, in the United States that would consume their music. And then in return, they went and they evangelized the platform to their user base. Um, and what's magical about it is that you know, if you get the artist to, to evangelize for you, they bring in their fans. And then the more fans you get, the easier it is to get the next artist, right? Because they want to be where the fans are. So you kind of have this flywheel going. And uh, we found that with, with a pretty small investment in, in those markets, we were able to, you know, grow o over a thousand percent in a year. So um, we're, we're excited about that opportunity, not just in Africa, but in Latin America, in, in Southeast Asia, South Asia, um, and certain markets in um, it, even in Europe where, where streaming is not where the, the, the majority of, you, of young people don't yet stream on a, on a traditional DSP. What's the, the approach that you took in, well, two things. What's the approach that you took in, in um, discovering those artists in different markets and figuring out what, what markets you wanted to pursue? That's one question. And then the second follow-on question of, of that is, so the artist doesn't pay, but then the, their fans do pay. That's, it, the, that's the business model, right? Just to clarify. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take the first one uh, first. Uh, I would love to say we did extensive market research and determined that these were the best markets. Um, to be honest, we, we, we loved the music that was coming from those areas. We, we, we were listening to it. We were fans of it. And we're, we thought that the world had to hear some of the amazing artists that were not very well known outside of their home market. Um, you know, the Afrobeat genre is, is amazing. Like, you know, there's just incredible new sounds coming out of that continent, whether it's Senegal or, or, or Nigeria, Ghana, South Africa, Tanzania, Kenya. I mean, there's just amazing artists down there. And we felt the world had to hear some of the, those artists. So it, we, we came at it from a, an angle of passion. Like we were passionate about the music, but also we, we recognized that, in those markets, the number one way people listened when we did our research was, was file sharing. They were using messaging apps to share music back and forth. And we, when we did speak to artists down there, they would say, I don't really know who's listening to my music. Um, it, it seems like the files just get out there. And I, I, hope, I hope that people show up for my shows. So we gave them a way that they could upload their music, they could share it with the world, and then it was easy for the people of the, in Africa to come in and play that music, right? That we don't put any barriers up, uh, you know, whether it's a login wall or a subscription wall. Uh, so I think that, that, that created a perfect storm that we were able to capitalize on. 
Um, the second question, we, we never charge artists. Whenever we come out with a new feature, there's always this temptation to make it a premium feature and to charge artists. Um, we don't think that that's the right model for us. Uh, we, you know, the artists are our partners, right? We, we don't want to make money off our partners. We want to make money with our partners, right? So we, we monetize on the consumer side and we monetize two ways. We monetize through advertising and we monetize through subscriptions. And when we do get those, the, the revenue on the consumer side, we share that with the artists. So not only do you not have to pay, but we are rapidly expanding our AMP program, which is our Audiomack monetization program, uh, currently open in the US and uh, the UK and Canada, and then in beta in Africa and Latin America, where we're expanding that to as many artists as possible as fast as we can. But there's a lot of challenges to that because creating a global payment system, uh, you know, and also authenticating that people are who they say they are across the world uh, is, is a challenge. So that's why we've launched it uh, in beta in some areas as we start to work out the, uh, the financial uh, operations around it. Awesome. I uh, love that. Um, where can people find you and the team online? Uh, obviously audiomac.com, but um, you can find audiomac on the, on the app stores. That's, that's where 99% of our consumption happens. Um, you could find me at audiomacly uh, on Twitter. And then if you want to see pictures of my kids, you could follow me on Instagram, but that's, <laughs> that's just Dave Mackley. I don't really, I don't really use that for business purposes. Kids, dogs, and food. Yeah, no dog yet, but just, and, and not really great food like chicken nuggets, <laughs> but you know, no, nothing that great. Uh, especially during during uh, the pandemic, uh, yeah. maybe before then I would go out to some some nice places and take some good food pictures, but not recently. So, uh, Dave, I really appreciate you coming on. I think uh, the the tool, the the product, I think it's it's super useful for the marketplace. I think discovery is a big deal. I think streaming will continue to evolve into the behemoth that it, it continues to be, and and, and take music to different places. I think uh, the space is really exciting. I think, uh, you know, I, I've loved it ever since like the Napster days. So um, the, there's, there's, there's a, a lot that can be done. And I think uh, this space is really awesome. I think what you guys are doing provides real value. So it's cool to hear that the perspective from you and, and kind of hear more about the story. Uh, the last question I have for you is uh, around more of like uh, more like a, a, it's a legacy question. So it could be related yeah. to business or, or personal, but um, as an entrepreneur, we put so much time and energy into the businesses we build. Um, what is the, the legacy? What's the impact that you want to leave behind? I mean, at the end, personally, I, I, I like building things. I like seeing people use the things that I build. I like when artists say that we help them. Um, we're trying to give every fan across the world that like goosebump feeling when they discover a great new artist. And, um, you know, that, that's always been my passion. I was, you know, before I, before I DJed professionally, I was making mixtapes using actual tapes, then mix CDs and handing them out in my, my high school. Um, the people we hire are kind of the same in that same boat. They just, they just love putting people onto great new music. And um, I mean, I think the legacy we want to leave is that we have a platform that, allows everybody to win. You know, I, I, I don't like zero sum games. I, I feel like we can create a platform where the fans win, the artists win, the labels win, 
managers win and we win. Like, I, I think that's, that's better. Like I, I look at other, other companies where maybe they don't think that way and they, they feel like one person in that chain needs to get taken advantage of or lose. I, I don't look at it that way. If we can build a platform where fans discover new music, artists just get new fans, um, you know, labels make money, we make money. I, I, I think that's, I think that's uh, what I want to leave behind. So that's what we're working towards. Awesome. I love it. Uh, Dave, I really appreciate you coming on today. Uh, thanks for everything that you're, you're doing for the industry and uh, it's great to connect. Cool. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate the time. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to Action and Ambition with your host, Andrew Metal. Please leave a review and subscribe and go to andrewmetal.com for all the exclusive lessons, behind-the-scenes footage, and video content of the show. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Action and Ambition, and we'll see you on the next episode. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.